You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailors Radio Station. Welcome, welcome everybody. We're here, number five, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, on this uh, almost balmy autumn evening compared to the weather that we've been having. We're so, so lucky to be having such amazing autumn weather and beautiful breeze as well. I guess that's the, the catch-22 in winter. We seem to get some great wind. We've just got to try and avoid the articles. But what a fantastic week in sailing. The uh, World Cup, uh, it, well, the warm-up Olympic regatta at Lake Garda has been happening. So many other things around the world. We haven't managed to catch up with somebody from Garda this show, but we will tee up next time. We were also meant to catch up with Ryan Bremer from Hugo Boss this show. Unfortunately, they were demastered on their way to New York, so there's been a bit of a delay in that interview, but we will get there. Nevertheless, so much happening today. I've caught up with Francois Hubert, uh, direct from the Whistler Sailing Club. Now, people in May know Whistler better for its skiing than its sailing but I did have a chat to him about an event that will be happening next weekend where they will be having skiing races followed by sailing racing in the afternoon which sounds fantastic so we're going to have a little bit of a catch up with him I also was out on the water as I mentioned team racing today so I might have a little bit of a chat with you about that I caught up with Alex South during the week not only was it her birthday happy 21st Alex she was fresh back from the Extreme 40 event over at Qingdao, so I wanted to get the lowdown on everything that's been happening in her adventures. We're going to have a little bit of a listen to Simon Marks, our kite surfing adventurer. For those who may not have heard, he is kite surfing from the south of WA all the way up to the north, so the entire west coast of Australia as a warm-up for when he heads to South America. So we're going to touch base uh, back on that original interview because a few of you haven't heard it and asked if I could replay it, so we're going to do that one for you. And I'm going to be having a little bit of a chat about... Well, I, I don't know if you can call it an adventure, but it definitely felt like an adventure to me. This week I was on Live Below the Line, so I was living on less than $10 for the week. And I think I'm going to have a little bit of a chat to you about that. I still managed to sail either side. Don't you worry, there's plenty of adventures coming up soon. Please stay with me. Ooh, and that's the cat fire. I was having a little groove along to that one. Welcome if you've just joined us. My name's Nick Douglas. I'm Adventures of a Sailor Girl. So happy to be here to be reporting on everything that's been happening on my weekend, but also in many others as they've been adventuring around the world in fantastic sports, not only sailing, but anything really on or around the water. I want to know about it. And I think I was going to start the show with a little bit of an interview from Francois Hibert about an event where skiing and sailing is going to be combined, but I'm going to save that one up. And we're going to have a little bit of a flashback to one of my first interviews with Mr. Simon Marks, our resident kiteboarding adventurer. This is Simon. You have to listen to this. It's insane. Thank you for joining Sunset Radio. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and I've managed to get Simon Marks, Marksman, on the line because I've heard that he's planning some sort of a random adventure involving kite surfing. Hi there, Nick. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd just kind of keep you updated with our plans on um, on our big kite surfing adventure. Uh, yeah, what do you want to know? What do I want to know? Well, I first heard about this when you were over in my part of the world. You're actually in Perth at the moment. People might be a little bit distracted by your accent there. But uh, yes, you are based in Perth and you are over this way for the JJ's in March of 2014. And you started talking to me about this adventure that you're planning to do kite surfing down the west coast of Australia. Is that correct? 
It is, yeah, yeah. It kind of starts off with we're, we're planning on the kind of bigger plan. The future plan is to kite surf down the, the length of Brazil and get as far into um, Argentina as possible. And uh, yeah, the, the big Western Australian kite surf adventure is kind of a warm up, a preceded to that to kind of test our to test our kind of materials and and our kind of plan. But I guess. These big kite surfing trips have kind of been going on for a few years now. People have kind of have been doing these big trips, but I guess ours differs a bit to that because we're going to do it unsupported. The plan is to basically set sail and uh, yeah, go go kite surfing and, and be able to be self-sufficient for up to you know several weeks and just uh, just do our own thing and, and not really need to rely on anybody as we go. So what you're saying to me is that not only is kite surfing down the west coast of Australia not good enough for you, uh, just going kite surfing on a daily basis is also not good enough for you. <laughs> You've got to take it to another level. Is that what you're saying? That's pretty much what it is, yeah. I guess I guess it's a friend of a, fr a friend of mine and myself who've kind of lived it and we're like, oh, we just want to, you know, we just want to do something a little bit different, something that's potentially not really been done before or it's been done before but maybe to not this kind of extent or scales yeah. we just want to you know push boundaries a bit and you kind of we frequently do downwinders so to say where you just set off on your kite and go as far as you can in one day and you know you kind of cover 100k or so and it's good fun it's, it's a good laugh but we kind of you get to the point where you're like oh well what will happen if we just kind of go as far as you can we end up in the middle of nowhere you kind of camp overnight and then the next day you you carry on so that's the that's kind of our idea the kind of brief of our mission and we just kind of yeah we're going with that i'm going to see see where it takes us really sounds pretty amazing and i'm always one to get on board with an adventure i can't help it i get slightly addicted now you were more of a skiff sailor before you fell in love with kite surfing what is it that makes you want to do these day trips let alone doing an overnighter what is it about kite surfing it's it's really taken off in the past few years yeah, I guess I guess I got into kite surfing like really quite a long time ago, probably about nearly twelve years ago now. And yeah, like you say, skiff sailing kind of forty uh, nine ers mostly, and and skiff, uh, kite surfing was always just a bit of fun, just a mm. you know a bit of entertainment, and and you know I've always loved it, and my kind of my passion for it's kind of waxed and waned depending on what's been going on in my life but if I'm if I've been sailing a lot I barely go kite surfing but now I've kind of left my full-time sailing years behind me I've kind of I've looked into kite surfing as something I do for fun at the weekends and I don't know I guess I guess it's kind of taken that level of just doing it for a weekend and going away with mates and having a laugh as to you know can we go away for can we go away for a week? Can we go away for a month and, and have a laugh at the same time and yeah, and see how far we can go, I guess. That's awesome. And, and some people may not know your history in particular. You were involved with skiff sailing at quite a high level uh, with the UK Olympic team. Uh, so you know what you're doing. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people don't actually know what you're doing. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so you know what you're doing. What are the similarities? I mean, I've never actually tried kite surfing, but... Is, is there crossover? <laughs> any, any sailor kind of, yeah, you've you got that wind, the wind awareness and the sea awareness is all very kind of transferable. Um, and also, you know, your knowledge of, of weather systems, you can kind of see, you can kind of see bad weather coming, you can kind of preempt things, you can predict things, you, you know, you kind of, the more time in the ocean you kind of get, the more familiar you become with it. But I guess that's pretty much where the similarity ends. I mean, 
other than apparent wind, which in skiff sailing a lot of that's about, and you know, good kite surfing, good technique is all about, you know, being able to build speed and make your own wind and kind of go with it. And I guess that's that's one one thing that's, I kind of see. That's the biggest carryover. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. And other than that, just taking uh, your character of, of sheer hooliganism and taking it to another level. Now you're saying that you're going to do this trip completely unassisted. What what does that mean? I mean, yeah, what what are we talking about here? Are we talking about you know some people? I've, I've sort of mentioned this to a few people when I was trying to work out exactly what it meant. Does that mean that you know you do it? Some people thought maybe that means you don't stop at all. Or, you know, what, what does unassisted mean, if we put that in inverted commas? <laughs> okay, unassisted. Well, I guess the stopping, the stopping is an absolute necessity. You can't kite surf. <laughs> you, you can't kite surf just like you can't windsurf or do anything, or even sail a dinghy non-stop. I think you would die. Um, you, yeah, at some point you probably would just die. Um, yeah, no, the idea of unassisted is to be able to just go pick a start point and our, our test will be from kind of... Um, Augusta, the very kind of south of Western Australia, and go up to um, kind of Kalbarri area. Wow! And the idea, the idea of doing that unassisted is, yeah, like like it's like it says, no outside support. I mean, we'll we'll have GPS equipment, we'll have the ability to contact the outside world, and and you know ask for assistance if if our lives depend on it. Yeah, we, we kind of we're very much kind of keeping safety at the forefront of this. You don't want to, you know. As much as much as we want to have fun and we want to push the limits of kind of exploring with a kite and we don't want to end up dying. Yeah, maybe maybe so, this is where I should insert a little disclaimer. For those listening, don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah. Leave it up to marksmen. <laughs> we but, take no responsibility. <laughs> I guess I guess our biggest challenge in Western Australia is going vast distances without fresh water. Like yeah. it's really weird. You're gonna from where I'm from, you know, water's probably, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a concern, but it's, you know, you can always work around it. But here, I guess, you die that bit quicker if you don't have water. I'm making it sound probably more melodramatic than it is, but... That's what we is, need. We need the drama. Yeah. We, the idea is we can, we can be able to make water en route. You know, we can, we can pull over, we can camp, we can eat, and we can, you know, we can, we can make water. And if, if the wind doesn't turn up the next day, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. We can just camp out another day, you know. Mess around. Get, yeah, get stuck into our rations, our supplies, and, you know, you know, have a water maker or what have you with you, and, yeah. and just kind of and camp. But the kind of main issue with our, with our plan is, is to be able to keep everything lightweight enough and, and be flexible enough that we can then, you know, we don't, we're not lugging too much equipment, because that's the real thing we're up against is, is hauling loads of kit across the ocean which is our kind of our logistical nightmare at the moment which yeah. is kind of what we're battling with at the moment and kind of running through a few prototypes of, of, of ways of kind of, of dealing with that issue. Wow, a, a lot of people don't realise the amount of planning that can go into um, a trip like this. I mean I'll, I'll take an example that I know of like offshore racing, the amount of work that goes into creating food for a, a crew that you can cook on the boat for a long haul race, including rations, you know, enough, um, you know, enough water, etc., 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 and then this is taking it to another level because you're going to be towing it behind you, wearing it on your back, uh, you know, you've got to tow it all yourself. It's man handled, so I can't even imagine how you're going to do this. But I can't wait to follow on. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, 
yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that's what we're we're at the moment. We're just kind of we're two guys. We're hanging out in a garage a lot, and we're we're building things and we're testing them. We're taking them out in the water. We're working out what works, what doesn't work, and we're talking to um, we're talking to people all over the world. Actually, we've met like the, you know social networking. The, the beautiful thing it is, we've met people. We met people in Finland, and you know we're kind of uh, online and been sharing ideas and. These guys, these guys have been towing stuff on ice for years, and you know they've they've done a bit of towing stuff on water. And there's other guys out there we're drawing inspiration from who've who've basically kind of like a much rawer version. They've just gone kite surfing and with a backpack on the back, and they've pulled over at the beach and slept inside their kite overnight. You know, oh, wow. and they've, they've done that for a few days and and kind of travelled that way, which is which is awesome. Which is kind of our inspiration. The, the guys that have kind of gone before us and, and done this stuff and. You know, we're just trying to pull together different aspects and, and see what we can. Like they say, towing something behind us is one of our kind of our main things at the moment. And it's also, it's everything we do is also kind of planning in worst case scenario. What what happens if this big storm comes in or all of a sudden the wind shifts offshore and it's blowing 30 knots and we have to down kites or what if we're 10k offshore for some reason, like we're crossing a river delta and and the breeze just cuts out together and our kites fall out of the sky, you know, and we kind of, we're having to deal with these things and, and try and work around, you know, try and think think of worst case scenarios and think of ways of, of working around them before, you know, at concept level before we get too far down the road. We don't want to get all the way down the road and then then start worrying about worst case situations and kind of the way we're planning it is okay you know everything we do is about you know on a trip that could take months you know the worst things worst things likely are going to happen you know we, we will get an, we will get a bit of a storm come through we will get you know wind just die on us so we're just trying to work, work around these problems now kind of at the planning conceptual stage before we kind of yeah, trips us up later on. But I, I kind of wish this was TV because my eyes have just been getting wider and wider and wider and wider. And I was quite silent there for a long time, which is This is, is rare for you, Yeah, this doesn't happen for long. <laughs> I, feel, I feel lonely out here. I'm <laughs> very sorry. It's just amazing. I, I, I can't wait to follow on. Now, you are going to let me follow your journey, aren't you? We are. That's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. Excellent. You're going to be with us. Yeah. Oh yes, I can't wait. I am. I'm very excited to follow this on, and I think you're planning on doing your test run in early next year at this stage. Should yeah, summer plan. Yeah, an Australian summer next mm. year. So we're kind of testing testing our equipment this winter and making sure everything's kind of uh, kind of geared up for it. And our yeah, we we the start of the trip may be a little bit supported by a, f a few people just to make sure that you know kind of theories are working. And, yeah. You know, and then and then hopefully kind of yeah break free and, and go from there and kind of go into the the wild the wild west of Australia as you get further north. Amazing. I guess once you get past Perth, so from the very south you get past Perth and you get Geraldton, and then then after that you've, you've actually got a lot of kiting you've got you know you can kite a day without really seeing much so yeah you can probably kite two days without seeing anything so it's going to be quite interesting oh unbelievable though i can't i can't wait i just i'm yeah i'm a bit speechless it's very exciting <laughs> and if that all goes well then you have to start thinking about south america and all the challenges that that imposes as well it's just unbelievable Look at yeah <laughs> You got a big grin on your face. I'm looking at. You. I'm watching him on Skype. Everybody, he's got this massive <laughs> grin on his face. That's pretty cool. <laughs>
Uh, um, yeah, I guess it's the first time we've really spoke about it. In fact, only a few a few friends know about it, and they've they've seen the things we've been building in our garage, and they're kind of wondering what we're doing. And they're asking. They also don't really understand. Like they don't understand boat building as well. So yeah. you know, we're kind of we're kind of building plugs to make molds of certain things, and they kind of they just don't get it. So <laughs> it's it's quite interesting to yeah kind of actually speak to somebody who has maybe more of a. Concepts. A concept, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. definitely have to chat about the construction a little bit later on. I don't want you to give away all your secrets, so we might have to save that for next time. But I have to say thank you so much for sharing this with everybody, and uh, we're all going to be living vicariously through you, that's for sure. <laughs> You're welcome, mate. Anytime. Excellent. That was uh, Mr. Marksman coming to you from Perth, and I can't wait to stay up to date on everything that's going to be happening with his kite surfing adventure. Stay tuned. Pretty amazing there, Mr. Simon Marks. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stay posted on his adventure, that's for sure. I just I just can't wait. This show just seems to have unfolded. It's a bit of a lucky theme. People who are living the dream, and we'll be back with someone else who's living the dream straight after this, Mr. Francois Herbier, and he's going to ski and sail in a day and make a race of it. We're lucky enough to catch up with Francois Herbier this morning. He's dialing in from are you in Whistler at the moment Francois I am yeah I am in Whistler yeah lovely lovely thank you so much for catching up with us and I, I had to give you a call because I saw this awesome post on your Facebook this morning about skiing and sailing in the same event yeah that's right it's uh, an event uh, it's gonna be its second year now we had a good success with it last year and it's uh, really unique to the whole Whistler seen to be able to ski and sail in the same day so it's uh, very uh, uh, special in May there's still lots of snow up high in the mountains and uh, the local lakes uh, are uh, are available to sail so it's uh, really neat oh, sounds amazing it sounds like this event was made for me <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah if you know, any uh, any avid skier and sailor will uh, will love this event. So that's for sure. <laughs> it sounds amazing. So, how did this event come about? You say we're in its second year. How did it start, Francois? Yeah, well, it was just an idea that I've been having. I'm a, I work in the mountains in the in the winter as a, a ski instructor and a ski guide, and uh, you know, I and uh, my other passion is sailing. So I thought, well, this is the perfect place in the world to to combine my two passions and. Uh, and in addition uh, to that, it uh, creates a bit of a buzz around our our, uh, our sailing club here in, in Whistler, and uh, um, and it's 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 very unique, and it, it serves as a perfect season opener as well. So it's great for us. Sounds absolutely incredible sailing while you can see the snow on the mountains. Yeah. So how many boats do you have sailing at Whistler? I didn't even know there was a sailing club at Whistler, to be honest. Yeah, well, we have uh, we have about uh, 40 boats now in Whistler sailing. Uh, they're all dinghies. It's a, it's a relatively small lake here in Whistler, but we, uh, we have some good winds, though. It's a, uh, we have a good thermal uh, coming through the mountains, just funneling through this this, uh, this great little lake that we have. And... Um, yeah, we we have camps and the sort of sailing school really that's that have started uh, four years ago now here in Whistler. So, oh, absolutely amazing! I, I think maybe I'll have to drop in, or maybe I'll have to work towards coming to this event next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we'll get you get you here for sure. That would be amazing. Then I can report from on the ground. So, how many boats are you expecting, or skiers, or both? Are you expecting this year, Francois? Well, we're expecting about a dozen boats. Uh, we're gonna. 
Um, but, but maybe more participants. We're expecting maybe 35 or 40 participants, but we're going to have um, everybody in the same type of boat so, so the people rotate through the, through the, the fleet and, and have a couple of heats to get everybody sailing and uh, makes it more fun when everybody's in the same type of boat. Definitely. So what, what boats are you going to be using this year, Francois? Yeah, we, we use a, a, um, a boat uh, which is actually called a pirate. It's, it's kind of a, a, a pirate. Cana a Canadian uh, design boat that's uh, kind of a copy, Canadian copy of a flying junior. It's a and it actually has a Tazar uh, deck oh, on it. So amazing! It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting boat uh, that we've that's our that we use for our school, and uh, just a great sort of two-person boat, very simple. I want to so, sail a boat called a pirate. Everyone should yeah. sail a boat called a pirate. That's right. Yeah. Pirates are, oh, that's amazing! Are You'll have to send me a picture so I can share it on Facebook for everybody yeah, to see. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> amazing. So you're going to be taking part in this event. Uh, are people able to take part in the event? I mean, if you're if you've got these boats running, are they able to take part if, even if they don't have a boat? Yeah, absolutely. We we actually um, this, the sailing club supplies the equipment, so uh, you don't need a boat. You can just show up, and we'll get you out on the water. So. Fantastic. So all you need Great. is skis. <laughs> yeah, you just need some skis and. Uh, a little bit of a sense of adventure, and uh, off you go. Well, we're all about the adventures here and Adventures of a Sailor Girl. So when will this event be taking place? How can people find out about the event? What can we do? <laughs> yeah, well, the, uh, the, ev the event is taking place on Saturday, May 17th. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they can found, find out about this event on our website at whistlersailing.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also an event website, which is called... It's the greatoutdoorfest.com. It's, a, it's a, a festival that's taking place in, uh, in Whistler this year. Amazing. On uh, next weekend. So. Wow. Yeah. So it's a, a part of a bigger festival, this event. That's right. Excellent. Yeah, and they're, help, they're helping us promote it uh, through all the different media around here. And, uh, yeah, um, it's great. That is great. Now, you yourself, Francois, you, you said that you're, uh, you're a lover of skiing, but you're a lover of sailing. Have you always sailed out of Whistler? Uh, no, actually, I grew up sailing on the east coast of Canada on a, on a river over there. And, um, and then I moved out to the west coast. And, uh, um, so, and I've sailed mostly out of Vancouver, mm -hmm. uh, which is more, uh, it's right on the, uh, the ocean there. So, um, yeah, Whistler's uh, been here full time for about five years now. So, but I miss sailing so much. I had to get it going here. Had to now. get it going, <laughs> and it sounds like you're living the dream, Francois. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's a fun place to be. You know, it's, it's great. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely amazing. Now, I met you at the Taser Worlds at Cascade Locks. I'm sure I met you before that, though. But the last time we met was at the the Cascade uh, Locks Taser Worlds. Any yeah. chance that you're coming down under for the Taser Worlds in January? Yeah, there's a there's a very good chance. Uh, yes. My <laughs> friends from Seattle are organizing a container, and it seems like it's it's coming together. So I'm. Uh, it looks like it. Uh, there's a very good chance right now we'll make it. So. Oh, this is very very exciting, but so great to catch up with you about yeah. this great outdoors adventure that you're planning at Whistler, yeah. May 17th. I'm going to share the website on my Facebook page if anyone wants to get involved. Any Australians that are in Canada or any Canadians or even any people who are in the US on the West Coast, I think it sounds like an event worth, worth traveling up towards Whistler for. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd love to see all of these people. And uh, 
Yeah, we have a very good Australian contingent here in Whistler. One of my instructors is Australian, and uh, we uh, so, so go Australia. <laughs> Yay, go Australia indeed. Thank you so much for catching up with us, Francois. And we'll have to keep posted on how the event went once it's all done and wrapped. And I, I'm serious. I may have to consider coming over next year. I do love a bit of a ski and, and a sail on the same day. This sounds like an yeah, adventure with my name all over yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be... Uh, yeah, we we really glad to, to have you up here for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Excellent. Have a fantastic evening. Oh, thank <laughs> Gotta you. Gotta get yeah. my times right. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, you got it perfect. Excellent. <laughs> Catch up with you soon. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Oh, that poor guy. He doesn't know what he's in for. He's invited me to go skiing and sailing in the same day. I think I am actually going to have to rock up there next year. We'll see how we go. What an adventure-filled show we have this evening. I, you know, it just makes you remember how lucky we all are that we can experience these things. And I'll talk a little bit more about how lucky we are later on in the show when I talk about doing Live Below the Line. But next up, I'll be talking about some teens racing. Then we've got Alex South chatting about the extreme 40s. So much happening on this show tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Having a great time here in the studio this evening. I hope you are too. And I hope wherever you're joining me from, you're having a great Sunday and happy Mother's Day also to all of the mums out there. I hope you've had a brilliant day. My mum uh, being awesome as always, let me go silently. <laughs> which is just fantastic. I'm a very, very, very lucky girl. So hopefully, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, be able to give you a little bit more of an update on what I'm doing with the teams racing later down the track, but that's what I was doing today. I was out on the water coaching the UNSW uh, squad. They've put together quite an awesome program, really. It's a great way of doing it. They have uh, beginner sailing in the morning, and a lot of the advanced squad act as the instructors and, and the coaches, which is awesome. And then in the afternoon, those people move into um, the paces themselves, and we do a, a teams racing session, which is great. It's such a good way to build skills, and I have to say that I've done three or four sessions with these guys now, uh, two of them were theory, and now two on water, and watching the improvements, I've forgotten, firstly, how much I love coaching, and secondly, how much I love, uh, you know, teams racing and that sort of thing. It's just great to see them improving so much, and I'm loving every single minute of it. Uh, there's a few events coming up down the line. I have to make up my mind as to what I'm going to do, but there's a nationals on down in Melbourne, which is an open nationals. It's not just university. For in so for anybody who's interested in teams racing, you should uh, check out the NOR, and it's over the Queen's birthday long weekend so definitely something to have a think about if you like your teams racing. Now I've mentioned a little bit at the start of the show about uh, doing Live Below the Line so uh, if you don't know about Live Below the Line, Live Below the Line is a charity that helps to support extreme poverty mainly in Cambodia, Papua New Guinea and East Timor and it was something that I did this week in between all of the sailing. If you listened last week or if you're listening this week, you're probably wondering how I've still got any energy left. But, uh, yeah, I lived on $10 for the week. And I just have to say a really big thank you to all of the adventurers and all of the UNSW crowd and, yeah, everybody out there for giving me so much support to get through this massive adventure. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little while, about the actual experience of Live Below the Line, but I have to say that going teams racing coaching today, 
uh, even just having a day at home yesterday, it really makes you appreciate the little things and everything that you have. And wow, the guests that we've had on so far, Simon Marks, who's going to kite surf the entire west coast of Australia as a warm-up for South America, and then Francois Hiver, who's going to be uh, helping to organise an event from Whistler, where they'll be skiing and sailing in one day. They're really living the dream. I mean, really, we're all living the dream. Just being able to eat is something that Live Below the Line reminded me about. We're all living the dream compared to a lot of other people, but then there's so many other people out there who have it even a level above, and they're really... I mean, it just takes your breath away what some people are able to get up to in their lives. Not any different to that. And our birthday girl, Miss Alex South, we're going to have an interview with her next. After this little song, we'll come back and we'll have a little bit of a chat to her. And another shout out, I, I was at her birthday party last night. She did turn 21 during the week and I caught up with her after she returned from the most awesome Extreme 40 event in China. Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and I've managed to catch Alex South while she's here in the country and not off gallivanting. Alex, how are you going? Not bad, thanks, Nick. How are you, too? I'm going very well. I'm quite happy that it's the end of the week. <laughs> but then, but <laughs> Aren't we all? Time to sail. I know, I know, but even happier that I've managed to catch up with you. You've been off gallivanting in China. Yeah, I still have uh, off in the Orient for a couple of days, yeah, and... You know, spending some time racing over there. Indeed, and you've, you've managed to get yourself on board the Dak Pinder team for the Extreme 40 Racing Series, which is an incredible opportunity. How are you enjoying the Extreme 40? Yeah, um, I was really lucky to uh, get involved in the project. It's awesome being a part of, like, yeah, the, the Pinder guys and, and Team Australia as a whole, really. It's just such an awesome, awesome setup, and, you know, it's like nothing else you've ever been on. They accelerate so fast, those boats, and oh my gosh, they crash. They crash. <laughs> and weren't there some crashes this week? You might have to fill us in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we were a part of, part of a few of them, I'm not going to lie, but um, no, I think the most famous one was definitely Red Bull and uh, Alingi. And Alingi. Red mm. Bull, yeah, straight through the side of through and through. And my cousin normally sounds on that boat, so Oof. he wasn't there this time, which is a bit of a shame because he would have had the best story this time. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm, maybe then I'd be catching up with him though, and not you, and that would be a real shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, I'm way better looking. Yeah, definitely way better looking. Yeah. <laughs> now, how did that come about? You jumping on board the Extreme Forty? Um, well, actually, I was sitting in the boat park, rigging next to, in eighteen foot skip boat park. Sorry, rigging next to uh, Sevi Jarvin and the Channel Seven boys, and they asked me how much I weighed, and uh, yeah, then I came back to them with my weight and. Yeah, we had a bit of a chat, and I was really lucky to get involved, and yeah. Wow. Pretty exciting stuff. Amazing what can happen in the boat park, hey? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's just kind of like Facebook or something. <laughs> now, now they're, 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 together. Oh, that's awesome. But there is there is a rule with the Extreme 40s, isn't there, that they have to have a female on board or an amateur? What's what's the ruling? Yeah, so it's just like you get an option of three things. So you can have... Um, a woman, an amateur, or an under 23, I think it is. And luckily enough, I tick all those boxes. Excellent. Um, <laughs> making me ultra favorable yep. as, as someone on board. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. I think it's a great rule, but at the same time, I think it's a little mean that girls get put in the same group as amateurs and under 23. Yeah, it seems a little bit sexist. <laughs> mm, yeah, but a great, a, a great advantage for those teams that do choose to take a female on board. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
<laughs> Certainly, but I think they get enough in uh, their media coverage back. So I think I think it's a nice little tactical decision by them. Indeed. Now talking about media coverage, you mentioned that you met, well, not that you met, but that the decision to go forward with the Extreme Forties was made in the 18-foot skiff boat park. You definitely have had quite a bit of coverage in regards to your 18-foot skiff racing team recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, being the only girl in the class currently, or apart from, I think, a sheet hand from America, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, that's a huge advantage for me. And, you know, I think I, I just wish every day more girls would kind of, I guess, balls up and be a part of it too, because it's such fun and exciting aspect of the sport. And it shows that just not Olympic or you know, just general heel weights doesn't dominate the sport anymore. Definitely, and skiff sailing is exciting. I was lucky enough to spend quite a bit of time out on the water this season watching you guys, and it is incredible. Um, you know, not only what you have to do to manhandle the boats around, the tactics, etc., but also picking the rigs. That was the thing that did my head in because I haven't really been involved <laughs> with skiff sailing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary when you go like, oh, that ferry there. Yeah, that's probably going to be an issue for us, and it's not in five minutes; it's in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Even though you're 500 metres away, and it's it, it's it's awesome. There's so many aspects of it that you've got to consider, and you know, it's, it's the tactics of lasers and the speed of, you know, any 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 fast boat out there, and it's it's more exciting than anything I've ever done. Like, can't wait to keep doing it forever. That's amazing. So you are going to keep going. You're, you're going to jump back on board this season. Yeah, certainly. You don't do, you don't do two years. Been <laughs> <laughs> enough time in the water to uh, want to keep going, and yeah, I mean. Just, just that alone to want to keep coming back, I guess, shows how much of an exciting thing it is to be a part of. Definitely, and so many people do keep coming back. Now, you mentioned uh, Olympic sailing in there and that there isn't just Olympic sailing. I'm, I'm a big believer in this as well, and it's, I guess that's why we're involved with sailing because there's so many different aspects of the sport. But have your Olympic aspirations come to an end? What are you thinking on that path? I mean, if, if there was a good opportunity for me to get back into it, I'd certainly look to it. Um, but at the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying going fast and I'm enjoying, you know, that, that side of sailing. It's a little bit more relaxed. But, yeah, I think the Olympic calling, that fire still burns deep inside. So yeah. hopefully eventually I will come back to it. It won't be in a laser like mm. I've campaigned in, in the past. But, yeah, there's definitely other options there for me and I'll have to explore those if, if the opportunity arises. And you have plenty of time because uh, people may not know, but you actually turned 21 during the week. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> so you're only a baby and you're already, you know, doing so many fantastic things, which is amazing. Yeah, I've been really lucky. There's a few of us in the sport, yourself included, but uh, I've been lucky to start off quite young. And I think, yeah, that grounding's been awesome. And I think it does keep you grounded. As, as a person, as a sailor, and I think it allows you to see the future is always still still there, which is, yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. I know so many people that are still sailing uh, well beyond the years of any other athletes I know, and I think we're, it, it's, it's a double... Um, you know, double bonus sword, shall we say, because you get to learn so much and draw so much from everybody around you, and the, and the community of sailing is something that's very special. Oh, definitely, it's a sport for life. I mean, you can sail it till however old. Like, I mean, there's guys who die sailing because they're <laughs> that old. What a great way to go. But Colin Beetle carrying the flag in Athens, just an example of our, our oldest athletes at the Games of Australia. So, you know, it's just, it's such a, you may as well keep going till you can't, I guess, is, 
exactly. Wild, that's amazing. Uh, it, it, I just, I just love it, and you love it too, and that's why I love you a lot. Now, speaking <laughs> about loving our sport, what is coming up for you? The Extreme 40s. You've got the skiffs next season, but what's the next Extreme 40 event on your calendar? Oh. The next Extreme 40 event is uh, St. Petersburg in Russia, the end of June. Wow. So, yeah, we've got a bit of a team roster, so I'm not sure if I'll be there. Mm -hmm. I will, because, oh my gosh, how cool would that be? That would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, so, yeah, we've got Russia, and then we've got uh, a few different events over Europe, and then at the end of the year, we're in Australia in, on the beautiful Sydney Harbour, so <sighs> I don't know how you could stop being at home and being able to sell these boats. No, definitely, definitely not, and I'm going to have to be there on something oh. or other. Helicopter. Definitely. I don't know. <laughs> Hang glider. <laughs> I'll sort it out. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Alex, for catching up with us. We're going to have to catch up with you again. You're going to have to be our, our going fast roving reporter. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I'm recruiting. Yeah, if I can catch you. That sounds great. Thank you so much again. Happy birthday and good luck with everything down the track. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Nick. Thanks for having me on and uh, good luck with everything. Go sunset. Thanks, hon. Oh, I love this show, Music Wise, has been a number of my favourites. I'm very excited. Oh, we're almost at the end of the show already. Basically, time to wrap up. Gosh, they go so quickly once you get going. Awesome to catch up with some fantastic adventurers, Mr. Simon Marks, who is going to kite surf the entire west coast of WA before he heads to South America. We also just caught up with the, the interview before this with Alex South on all of her adventures in the extreme 40s. And yeah, she hasn't crossed the Olympics off the cards, but we will be catching up with her again. Great to know that girls are getting involved with the Extreme 40s. Awesome, awesome, awesome votes. It was lovely also to catch up with Francois Hibert on the Ski to Sail event, which is going to be held out of Whistler Sailing Club. And I am serious. I do want to get involved with this next year. We'll see what I can organise. Oh. Yeah, far out, far out. It just makes you really, really appreciate everything. I did mention that I've done Live Below the Line this week, and all of my friends, you know, they, <laughs> they've had to, um, well, not had to, but they've been so lovely in supporting me through everything that I've done. It's been fantastic. And uh, basically, I've lived off less than $2 a day. Uh, for the week. So last weekend, if you listen to the show on Saturday, I was sailing in Canberra. On Sunday, I was sailing up at Pittwater. I had a massive week at work and then I lived on $2 a day, which meant no caffeine, no dairy, no nothing. Basically, I lived for the entire week on oats, rice. Well, basically, I did live the entire week on oats, rice, tin tomatoes, tuna, and some kidney beans. So yeah, that was my my week's diet. I did have a meal every meal, but they were small, there was no salt, no water. I mean, the rules are you're not even allowed to use anything that you have in your cupboard already. You're not allowed to use things that you've grown unless you account for the cost of the seeds. You're not allowed to have gifts from people. If you do, then you have to account for the cost of that meal into the $10. So, I mean, if you think about it, really, most of your meals, just one meal, cost $10. Uh, so, that was an exceptional challenge. And, yeah, day one, Everything tasted not so good, um, except at, at night time. <laughs> I have to share with you um, part of this adventure, maybe a low point, but maybe also a high point. When I got home on Monday after a massive day at work, drinking the juice out of the tuna was the best thing I had ever tasted in my life just because of the salt content. Um, 
Yeah, pretty sad. And the next morning, plain oats with just water on them tasted brilliant as well. So it just brings everything back into perspective when uh, we're talking about all of these adventures that we're doing. And uh, I guess some people um, find it an adventure when they get to eat something awesome. So I, I, I guess it brings everything back into perspective. And with the people who donated to me and, um, you know, together we've managed to raise over $1,600. And all of the people that did live below the line together, we've managed to raise over a million dollars for extreme poverty. So I think that is something incredibly amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm going to call it an adventure because not only did it give me perspective, um, I've learned and grown so much from it. Uh, you know, I'm, I tend to think of myself as being a really appreciative person, but when I'm doing this whole experience, uh, yeah, I, what kept me going was everybody supporting me and, and donating money, but at the same time knowing that on Saturday I'd be able to eat again and knowing that it would be okay at the end and knowing that this was just something that I was doing for a week, whereas some people don't necessarily have that opportunity, and that is incredibly sad. But even more depressing is that people wouldn't even know what it's like to have a normal day like me, so they don't even know what they're missing out on. Their reality was the toughest week of my life essentially which is incredibly scary so yeah I'm not trying to hound up donations by all means if you do want to donate there's plenty of links on my Facebook page that you can find and, and you can donate there but what I do want to say is just I hope that you um, are able to appreciate everything that you have in front of you um, be that an adventure be that your dinner be that whatever and um, and that's the way that I try to look at life every experience is an adventure and we're so lucky to have every day and every minute that we have so um, yeah on that note I think I'm gonna go to another song and then I'm gonna come back um, <laughs> and and, um, and and just do another quick wrap because yeah, I'm a bit emotional, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking with me. This is Nick Douglas, and you're listening to Adventures of a Sailor Girl on Sunset Radio. Thank you so much for sticking with me and for joining me on this lovely Sunday evening. A massive thanks to all of my adventurers who might be listening out there. So great to have you with me. And thank you so much to all of the adventurers who did join us over the course of the show. You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailor's Radio Station. 